Welcome back to the Positively Negative podcast. Where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of positivity in a world that can be quite negative. I'm Delio. And I'm Team Humble. And we're glad glad you're you're here. here. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That can stay. Okay. (laughs) about it this week. I'm sick of talking about it. Over it. So over it. Just over it. It's interesting to me how I forget, though, every single week about replacing that. Can we put a note in the Trello board right now? Yeah. That says, change the intro. Hello, everybody. It is uh, Wednesday, the 13th of March. Or lucky for some, probably. It's super, super windy outside, so I do apologize for any external noise that you may be hearing of the buffering. We are in not very high winds. They're only in the 40s, maybe 46 to 47, 48, somewhere around that. But it's going to be that way for at least another three hours. It's um, it's pretty windy today, so I do apologise for any sound. Hello, Delia. Hi, Mr. Humble. How are you doing? Oh, <laughs> the pause for the sigh for the breath intake. No, no I'm just... Um, that was just a little bit... Uh, Great. Uh, distracted for the second because I was making a note because I hate that intro yeah. so, so That much. intro has to change. It was funny for 10 minutes and now it's just like lame. 18 weeks later. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. How are you? Um, I'm here. I I'm, feel I'm like a- this weather is making me cranky. It's been a shift, for sure. Because I can't think of anything else that would just make me cranky. February's, uh, February going into March. February's really quick, by the way. February's like, yeah, like February super, super just quick. Like a non-month. And I just think because of the weather changes, like it was almost summertime in February. And then now we've gone back to like, I mean, it's just climate change. It is what it is. It's windy. It's reactionary. It changes within six to 12 hours. Like you have to adapt. And I think it's the, the switching. It's so, a switching. Yeah, I feel okay. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like health-wise, I feel all right. I feel like I could do with a bit more sleep. I could do with probably a bit more exercise, as we all could. I think I, we need vitamin D. Yeah, I definitely need to have some focused tablets, yeah. I definitely need to have some vitamins to focus up on stuff. But yeah. I feel like my list is there for the taking. It's all there ready to, like, work on. Yeah, I felt like I've had pretty trash. Um, not no, I, I'll take that back. I, I don't think you've trash had... focus. It just hasn't been the laser. No, you of being really on it. I feel like I'm just like trudging through it, and I'm getting there by the end of the day. You're in treacle mode. Oh, treacle. Yeah, you're like you're like stepping through it, and it's like sluggish because it's holding you back a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, I think feel like I have to between... put out twice the effort for the same outcome as the days when I'm just on it. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. I'm still getting the the a good amount of stuff done every day. Like I, I really have been clearing down my to do list. I was every gonna say day. you've been crushing the hours for the client, so yeah. maybe the creativity side of it's been lacking a little bit. Yeah, probably so. I feel a little bit fatigued on that front. Um, and really what recharges me is like time in the sun and mm. yoga and those things suffer when it's... It's like I never thought that wind would be something on the weather to look at. But it's actually wind that's so intense that it is its own type of weather. What do you mean? Like, do you know when, I'm, when you're like, oh, well, it's going to rain today. So that's like a type of weather that is going to change your plans. Wind. I never thought wind would be that type of weather, but it has been with like forty mile an hour winds. When I'm out there trying to do yoga and, <laughs> and it is, like the mm. edge of the mat is like yeah, it's just you can't even do anything. Also, like if you go walking and it does feel like you're doing twice as much because you feel like you're doing two steps forward and blown one, you know, two steps yeah. back. Like, like I like Jesus, I can identify with rain interrupting things, snow, 
really high heat and temperatures, but like you would never think wind as its own weather system messing up your stuff, but it's actually the wind has been so intense that I've had to for I've been forced to like acknowledge it as its own type of weather. It's a windy day. So up to now you've been side eye dissing the wind for Well because wind was like you just get it on the side with whatever other weather you're getting. It's so either windy, slightly weather windy or not. So wind is salad to you then? Yeah, it's like it was more like the the parsley that gets chucked on top of every restaurant, <laughs> every restaurant. Greek restaurant dish ever, every, every Greek diner dish. Pretending to be Albanian. Um, but this is like, oh no, you can just sit down with a plate of, <laughs> a stalk of parsley and you're just going to eat that with a knife and fork. Thank you very much. It's kind of rare for us to get this far inland, these intense winds for this amount of time. Like you might get a gust or two for maybe an hour, an hour and a half, maybe like we've got a system that's like come in and it's on its way out. Yeah. But like this is just sitting here. Like yesterday it started to rain during the windy weather. Like now it's the windy weather with a side of rain. Yeah. But your but, back was like wet. Yeah. And the top your your top of your head and your shoulders were dry yeah. and your back was wet, meaning yeah. it was raining horizontally. Yeah, it was just messed up. Um, which is messed up, but Actually, if you're listening to this um, right after last week's, we have an update for you about Apache gunships because we mentioned that. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> last week's episode, I think we recorded, I don't remember what day we recorded, if I'm honest, but. Thursday, I think. Talk about Apache gunships because somebody, somebody said something about a helicopter and Apache gunship is the only helicopter I know of that I could just name with a brand. Mm. And they're, they're American. Yeah. So, like, not very common to see. Well, you wouldn't expect, um, expect to see them here, no. Right. And the uh, then the very next morning, I'm outside and hear like what in the world? Then like the little like building I'm in is like like shaking, vibrating, and I bust outside and two huge freaking helicopters go over overhead with these two double barrel things on each like wing, and and I get back to you and you're like those are Apache gunships and I was like. I those. think I think those turrets are called Vulcan cannons. Of course they are. <laughs> of course an Apache gunship would have a Vulcan cannon. I couldn't believe it. They were like one by one they were following yeah, each other. And they were low to the point where it made like the building just like Yeah. Completely I think vibrate must, and I think they like, must move oh, resources no. from base to base, but I've never i I've never seen and they look brand new. They look mint condition. Did, I don't. Did I, they have like a little air freshener in the inside? That's how he could tell. <sighs> little pine tree air freshener. <laughs> yeah, I had one of those little bopping like U.S. Marshals on the dash, <laughs> like, like with like a, a bobblehead with a manga red hat on. Yeah, or like maybe a hula girl on the dash. Yes, yeah, so I was kind of surprised to see two Apache gunships. Like, no, I can understand they're just like moving them from one place to another, but like two together is kind of interesting. Like. Yeah, I don't know. and like the day when do we ever sit around and just like shoot the shit about Apache gunships? Mm. Where we just like get said it probably twelve hours before that had happened. Unless there was some like exhibition thing that they were off to or, or something, because they were quite low. Why would they fly so low? Yeah, that's my thing. I don't know. I don't know. Well, just know the power of your words. Words are weapons, and you can turn your words into two Apache gunships if you believe in With yourself. With Vulcan cannons. With Vulcan cannons. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so since last week we've been playing a game. Yeah, brawl things, brawl something, brawl wars. Brawl stars. <sighs> like bra, bra. Bra. Like. 
Brawl bras. Sade. Sade uh, brawls. Yeah, bra. Bra. Uh, like all stars, but brawl stars. And we made it an account. So if you want to join us, we have a clan. We have a clan. Called Steamians FTW. Yeah. And it can have 100 people in it. Don't worry, you don't have to associate yourself with us. I was just, I think it was a good idea to have, try and get steam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll turn okay. It off. I'm not gonna play it, but like, oh, I yeah, just you get the gist. You know, yeah, yeah, you're addicted. Um, <sighs> there's a team members of a hundred strong, and um, why are they, str- well, they don't the have to more? Be strong. Yes. No, I mean the squad would be a hundred strong if we had a hundred people in it. You can have up to a hundred team yeah. members in your team. I never understood that phrase, but continue. Hundred strong. Yeah, it's just like. Well, it, it makes you stronger just, if there's more of you. Yeah, but you could be fifty strong or seven yeah. strong. Yeah, put the strong wherever you want. That's why it's a, that's why it's like useless. Well, one strong doesn't work. No, so anything more than two is too strong. Too strong would be lame. Well, <laughs> too B- lame. A big, a big, a big, a big name. Big. Oh, great. A big number, ten, fifty, or hundred would be strong because of sheer numbers. It's a sheer numbers thing. Okay, maybe a hundred sheer numbers d- doesn't ring off the tongue like hundred strong does. How about a slick hundo? Sure, let's do that. Um, so the idea is that there's a squad there, people can join it, and then if you win loads of your contests or if you play like three versus three, uh, or I think if you join the team, when you log on to that front panel, instead of playing alone, if other people are on, yeah, you, can you, can squad inv- up. you can squad up and invite them. And I just think it's a really cool idea that if you're winning loads of contests and there's a hundred of us and they're all Steamians, then we might be up somewhere in the top, like, 50... Somewhere in the top 10 would be yeah. nice, and people are like, well, the hell's Steam? So then so you So it's on your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like free. a top-down MOBA style, like, arena style, like, close to League of Legends, but way, way simplified. And it's really... It's, like, fun and simple. You can get in, like, grab a few games in between clients. Yeah, it's a good work. time so It's a good time so It's good, like, yeah. to just, like, plan it out. It's a nice, like, out. decompress moment. It's like poor man's Battle Royale on mobile. Yeah, so join us there because we've been having fun there. Yeah. And we're trying to get that instant pot. We've been working toward it, um, especially because we started talking about St. Patrick's Day coming up. I don't think it's going to happen for St. Patrick's Day. There's too many logistics in terms of getting it delivered, where we're going to get it from. But it sure. will It will be... It, I definitely feel like it will be a moment when we do get it. It'll be like, we have the money for it now. We'll go and get it from somewhere. Right, but what I was going to say is, did you grow up celebrating St. Patrick's Day? Or is that mm. more of a U.S. American oh, Irish massively. thing? That's not a thing that's like out here or that you no. identifying like with, with Irish family. You no. never had a St. Patrick's no. Day. No, I mean, most of the time around St. Patrick's Day, we wouldn't see my dad for two or three days because he'd be drunk. Mm-hmm. And somewhere else. Um, so he celebrated in his own way. Yeah, pretty much. Me, but it was never like your well, mom didn't cook something different, or no, like God, never no. was like a, a party no. or anything. I mean, my mum's cooking in the eighties was seriously bad. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It was real bad. Like, a, lot of, a lot of TV dinners. A lot of, a lot of experimentation with things in tin foil. That Everything when was loaf shaped and in a mold somehow. Yeah, I, I remember getting the bowl, like the bowl, and getting all like mixes and things out of it and enjoying that stuff but the food was pretty rank if I'm honest well my mom always made which she was the Italian one which was what was pretty funny but she always made um corned beef and cabbage I think Irish and potatoes I, I think events in America are intrinsically linked to the to the lifestyle that America subscribes to like it's mm. you know days events 
America love events. Yeah, we love having days. Like yesterday Fuck was National me. Pancake Day. You love having days where you can like do something through. else apart from work. It gets you through, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, now there's a day for freaking everything. But, so no, yeah. I, w- I was more surprised early on in like 2009, 2010-11 when I was being at South by Southwest in, in Austin and they were, they're massive on it. Like St. Patrick's Day was like everywhere. Well, there's two two ways Crazy. that you're gonna have a big St. Patrick's Day in your town. One is if obviously if you have a high I- Irish, Irish population, yeah. right? Which like where I grew up, there was like a lot of uh, Irish Americans and yeah. uh, like in the Bronx and stuff. And the other is just if there's bars. So right. in Austin, I'm sure they're like, oh, this is it, because what it's become is just a drinking day for college yeah, kids. That's unfortunately, all it is. Yeah, that's all it is, yeah. um, I couldn't tell you what St. Patrick did. I know he's got a cathedral in New York City, mm. um, but I really don't know anything about it. I just know we had, like, Irish food on that day. So, you know, we have, like, a so Columbus nice. Day for the Italians, which that was, like, every day in my house. But I just always identify with having corned beef and cabbage, like, stew with potatoes and Irish soda bread. Oh, and that's just an excuse to gorge. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, moving on. Another day, another Positively day. negative. Another day of food. Okay. Um, what event is it today? It's Mars Landing Day. We should eat Martians. Okay. Should I just move on then? Whatever you want to do. Great. Um, we re- we lowered the prices of all of our um, card themes. We did. On ihas.card.co. So if you're interested in grabbing a um, super simple like landing page. Yeah, well, you were totally, or, totally unrealistic about that, like pricing-wise. Sure. Um, but we were excited, too, and we put a lot of time and effort into it, and it's hard to... It's hard to do go quote unquote low to somebody else. It's like a consumable, and I get I get that. But when you're so close to it, and you, when you've just been spending so many hours on it, then I think it, that's what. Then it's not a business if you approach it like that. I'm just explaining why I think we probably priced it too high in the beginning. Now they're down to twelve, so that's I think a lot better. That's something. I mean, that's the, something more along the price that I would personally pay. So I feel comfortable with twelve. The price was wrong originally because. I got inspired by somebody else doing something on card like that, and they were charging crazy more than that, like 59, 49. Yeah, so we thought, so thought we were 35 like undercutting good. that. But then I didn't realize that with card, um, you're paying for like the level up pro account and then another upgrade to that. So actually, the better pricing would be to do it lower and hope that somebody buys like a couple of themes or the big mega pack of everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we have them all up there for ninety nine. So I think it's a better deal. Yeah, and we're adding more too. We're um we're both separately working on two two more themes. So that's gonna be growing soon. I'm excited about that. And I, I really like building those out. I like working on them. So I like doing drag and drop sh- stuff. I've always liked tinkering with things like that. And yeah. the fact that I know it works in every browser, that's the one thing that I hated about CSS. And HTML is trying to get it to work in fucking different browsers. Just yeah, and on mobile, mobile takes care of itself for the most yeah. part. And um, it was a creative suck. I don't know. It's what I have my personal site on, which I need to rebuild my personal site because I feel that's just something I need to do every year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like ugh, you don't have to worry about like plugins crashing on WordPress and just all of that nonsense. It does sound like we're in an absolute hurricane. That's not too at bad. the minute, but. Um, Okay, so there's another site that I want to talk about today, uh, If you, unless you had something else that you nope. wanted to bring up. Cool. So somebody hunted this thing called 
um, the Startup Cemetery. Mm. It's actually, the website is failery.com, F-A-I-L-O-R-Y, like factory, but failery. Okay. And it is a tool that somebody put together where they talk about startups that have failed. And, like, that's something that we, you and I talk about a lot, which is, oh, yeah, they're only going to be around for six months, and they're going to burn through their money with vegan tacos and a private chef and their L.A. offices and blah, 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 blah. But this actually kind of... I think we have, like, our preconceived notions of why startups fail and why they're not around for very long. And these guys are aiming to actually go into detail about what the pain points were and why they didn't last. And hopefully people can learn from that. So I thought it might be interesting to go through some of these. Okay. Um, And they have a blog. So it's failery.com. I just need to find... They actually just totally redid their page so here's some failed startups so i'll name a few and just let me know if you maybe recognize any mm-hmm. okay um lieferu nope any bells. so like that was uh one from germany tandem mm. twitch highlights want remote job job bridge notezilla reminds me of something um haptly Chowdy. It's just, it's also kind of interesting to see how many of these um, there are I wonder, <laughs> that you've never even heard of. I wonder if people are more obsessed with, it, seem, it seems to be the, an incredibly wasteful thing to do is to see something on the web and be like, that's good, but I wish it did this, and then going off and build it yourself. Or mm. we, had a, we had a bit of a culture of like, um, we are the Uber of the Yelp of the something something. It was like three mm. things together. It was like, and then then people got confused as well. You know, we're three different APIs. We do three different things that three mm. other sites do, but we don't get any audience. Well, if everybody's going off making new startups based on something something else, and the community is in one place, and then all of a sudden the, the site gets sold, you affect people don't realize how much it affects the community because they've invested time because they're like, oh yes, this solves a problem for me and then all right. of a sudden somebody comes along and buys it and shuts it down or change like Flickr let's take Flickr for instance mm-hmm. Yahoo Smugmug Smugmug bought Flickr which was a weird move I thought like I think it was just a pure ego driven guy in suits like we should totally buy Flickr now it's like cheap and then it was like two months after buying it or three months after buying it it was like by the way there's going to be a cost now so not only did they acquire a massive community who have got used to the idea of free hosting because it yeah. was by Yahoo and Yahoo were okay with subsidizing that for a period of time, but then it was like you change the whole management and let somebody else be like, oh, by the way, we've sold it, but um, now you're going to have to pay these guys if you want to put your videos your videos, and your pictures on it. And I, I just really don't like getting the amount of people that must have got an email where it was like, oh, by the way, if you don't pay, then we're going to just remove it to the last 1,000 photos. Because mm-hmm. you're, Especially when something like Flickr's been going on since, what, you're 2005? Because you're affecting somebody's legacy at that point. Like, this is like thousands of thousands. I know yeah, I, yeah. I I know I had like 16,000 photos on there, so I downloaded them all. But, you know, they, should, they could have made, like, downloaders for it easier to, to be able to pull those photos off. So they weren't... So um, what I'm saying is they were more interested in manipulating the relationship by by the fear economy of like you will pay it because I know we know how much these photos are going to be 
are kind of worse for you. I mean, doesn't that like sour? Doesn't that sour smug mug for you? Like they they make a lot of their money from photographers building out like sites and businesses and ways to sell photos. Well, supposedly. And so to burn a lot of those people, I don't fe- I don't know. I feel like if you aggravate those people, they're not gonna. I mean, would you pay for a smug mug site? No. You personally? No. Yeah, exactly. I think that's because where we're at in the world, really, is everybody else is, like, marching on through to the next thing. Like, you know, mm. cheaper, faster, stronger, Daft Punking it all the way. Yeah. I think this could be a really interesting tool. Like, there's uh, one called Toy Guru, and I that one rem- rang a bell. I think that was, might have been a Shark Tank one, and it was, like, Netflix for toys. So it kind of, like, ran on the idea that, like, okay, well, your kid gets sick of the toy that you buy him like in six months or whatever so why not package that up we'll bring it back and clean it and send it off to somebody else and they'll just be like a rotation of toys mm. um, and this actually has like a full on in-depth interview with um, this guy Phil Smy who was the um, who's the the CEO of like what happened why did it go bad and they kind of summarize it at the top like um, business costs and capital basically it's just they just ran out of freaking money yeah but you know, like all of these things, especially with the internet, you have a mm. certain amount of time time before that buzz is gone, and it's maintaining the buzz. Yeah. You don't have to look at things like Fortnite and Apex Legends and all these games and stuff. They're constantly on a day-by-day, week-by-week, you know, like month-by-month mm. month basis, having to have new content, new buzz, new marketing teams, new influencers, just to keep the momentum going. It's like a like a different kind of crack cocaine, you know? It's yeah, like it's different, like relevancy. different kind of dealer. Mm. The thing is... It, it, Here's the issue for me is that ideas now travel at hyperspeed. Like, yeah, it's a great idea that after six months your kids' toys get sent back and yada yada, but I I don't feel that people consider the expense on the environment by doing that. You know, it's like, Mm. they're just like, this is a great idea, imagine how your kid would feel without even considering the middle bit. And the middle bit is like where all your money goes to in transportation costs, environmental impact, like mm. jobs that people are like, oh, I've started for this toy company, you know, like feeling good that you karmically you're like doing something for, for kids and stuff that you can like talk about. Mm-hmm. But then being like, literally going in the office on Monday morning going, sorry, we're closed, like we're, we're making everybody redundant because like we run out of runway. Yeah. Where instead of like, like jobs have changed. Rela- relationships okay. with each other have changed, money has changed, everything's down to the hour, to the minute, to the second. Like, and we have to be humans in the middle of all of that. Right. Like, so no wonder there's a bloody graveyard website with sites on it because not every idea... It's not even It's not even a, having a website with the, the, the companies that have died on there. What I'd love to see more is more conferences and events where founders don't just get up there to do a Q&A on their successes, but they do a Q&A on things that you should put in place before you even start your idea of a startup. Yeah. Because I don't see enough of that. Yeah, and, like, Shark Tank ain't going to save you. I mean, they, in particular, in that, like, in that scenario, they dropped twenty uh, $250,000 on them. Ain't no YouTube editor able to make you <laughs> fix your startup, you know, yeah. from the B-roll. Yeah. Ain't happening. Have you ever heard of this one called Fez with P-H, P-H-E-Z? No. It's interesting because this guy's idea was creating a, a version of Reddit that rewarded people with Bitcoin. See, which, as soon as you start a sentence with... A version of, or the yeah. Netflix of, or the you, you what, whatever, Uber of... You have to ask yourself, why haven't those done it already? 
Sure, but isn't that what every Steam dApp is? A, a Steam blockchain, a, a, a YouTube of the blockchain, a this, of that, a the, this, of that? Correct, but the difference is it's not centralized. It's decentralized. So it's not like one company with one server in a building. It's, right. It's your program is running on a distributed ledger across lots of servers in the world that are owned by a co-op. Sure. That's the difference. So, yes, you're right. You're right in the sense that it is copied apps like the Instagram mm. versus, like, uh, Apex or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and it, again, it's a time-sensitive thing, right? Because Instagram's been out a while. It was buzzy and cool when it first happened. It was like, oh, I can do photos and filters in one app. Great, I can delete one app, right? And then a year later, it's like, oh, we're adding video to it now. And then a year later, it was like, oh, by the way, Facebook's buying us. It's like, fuck you. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we we enjoyed the buzz of it because it wasn't any of those other things. You yeah. Know? <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. But I think, this, I mean, as I know as stereotypical as it sounds for people to pitch something as, oh, it's like... People Uber, need to know what it's like. Pizza. Sure, sure. Like, as, yeah, but I also think that there is a... It's like Cheddar, right? The cryptocurrency Yelp. Mm-hmm. You know, that, what's his name? John does. Yes. That makes sense to me because what John's trying to do there is educate an audience who are like clueless about why they should hold digital currency when all they see is 20,000 Bitcoin one month and then three months later, 3,000. Obviously, this is not a store of currency, is it? Right. And I think the requirement for a lot of people is like, explain it to me in 10 seconds. Right. Which is like, if you had to explain first gen Instagram, it would be Facebook, but only pictures. But that's interesting to me. Explain to me in 10 seconds what the site is, but then you don't get the retention of those people because they want something, they want to get it fast. Yeah. But they're also not going to stay around. Oh, sure. Because they're on to the next 10 second thing. Yeah, for sure. But I think that's probably what's created that type of, I mean. So then we expect those products to stay around when the people using them are not, yeah, yeah. You, do, you, do you know what I mean? There's, there's not enough. There's not enough substance to these things. It, like, yeah, it almost feels like a game of chicken. Like, it, it's like who's gonna dip out first? Are the users that. gonna dip out first, or are the it's are abs- the makers gonna dip out first and screw the? Like, it, it's almost like this really like dysfunctional relationship where both people are like yeah. waiting to see who's gonna, <laughs> who's gonna pull the trigger first and leave. Yeah, which is so uh, it's so shitty. But like. There's not there's not very much trust, and I guess that's why we favor um, blockchain-based dApps because it's trustless. Like you don't need to, if somebody drops the idea, it's likely that somebody or somebody will or can just pick it up and roll with it. The the majority of the time, I see my own personal opinion is that VCs and investors they're already made people. And so when they're mm. buying into these, they're not buying into it for the technology on most of the cases. They're buying it because they want the audience. Mm. Because, he, he, you know, for instance, the, the guy who owns, uh, co-owns 100 Thieves, mm. you know, he's like Dallas Dallas Cowboys. Like, it's a completely different industry. I mean, yeah, yeah it's games, but it's e- esports. Like, yeah, yeah. why has Drake got a co-share in it? Right. Like, they're, they're, what they're doing is they're, they realize that their audience is also, after listening to their music or while listening to music, they're also so playing esports yeah so most of the time you're just buying an audience well and it's like you're buying i think for people like that who have currency as their currency right the next v2 currency is like relevancy coin which is i can say that i have this in my portfolio and like oh yeah and when some when i'm at a mixer somebody brings up esports because they're like son is watching twitch all day 
then you can be able to say, oh yeah, well, you know, we have these guys and yada yada. And that makes you the, the esports guy in the group. Mm. When somebody wants to talk about that. Oh yeah, John knows about that or whatever. Um, so I think a lot of times people, yeah, just buy into something because it's, it's rounding out their, it's almost like how women wear things as like accessories. It's just like rounding out their whole appearance. It's like office space buys. You've got you to be wearing 50 pieces of, of flair. Oh, the flair. My God. It's flair. It's That's all about true. flair. You know, your influences are your flair. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're pushing your updates to your flair. Your supposed content director is supposedly your flair. Oh, shit. Well, okay, so I just realized I kind of messed up. So just for anybody listening who, like, gives a damn and wants to check out these sites, <laughs> one of them is called Failery. That is... that. That site is um, interviews with people who have failed in their okay. startups. So okay. if you want to read those, those are Failery. interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. So the actual one that I meant to check out with you is called startupgraveyard.io. That's when I found somebody hunted it on Steam Hunt. And if you go to it, the whole UI is like these coffins. Okay. <laughs> like the app icons made out of coffins. So like Groove Shark is on there. Oh, I remember Groove yep. Shark. Yeah. So Groove Shark, for example, if we click that one. That they were, they, and it gives you like a stat sheet. It's a little bit easier to go to go through. They were around from 2006 to 2015, based in Gainesville, Florida. Um, they raised 4.28 million in two rounds, backed by four investors. Mm. And it gives re- reason for failure, legal issues. Um, the app was removed from the app, Apple App Store, which is like, that's you, literally your last nail in the coffin. <laughs> if you can't get on the App Store with your mobile app. I mean, I mean that's another thing as well. Is that mm-hmm. these these are not local companies oh. with you know a hundred strong people going there for insurance because they know your uncle's cousin's brother's auntie's you know mm. friend had insurance where that company might last twenty years. This is real time on the web, on demand. So many eyeballs and faces on it. If people want you to fail. Like, you know, SoundCloud, they've all got, like, surreptitious... Who knows what kind of surreptitious stuff goes on behind the scenes to get somebody kicked off or make somebody go away. Or maybe they even got approached and said, like, we lo- love your technology and we want right. to buy you. Well, it can. it's like there's a million ways... There's a million ways to fail is what I'm. What this is, like, teaching me, you know? Like, this one, for example, is called Homejoy. I don't know if you remember them. No. They were... Um, they were like almost like how I was doing wag with the dog walking, but for home cleaning. Oh! And what like they raised thirty nine million dollars, and then they realized that the cleaners were going into the house having a handshake, and then the client was just hiring them to come back without the app. It's kind of interesting. And then it's to like, me. where's your thirty nine million dollars going? It's kind of <laughs> interesting. Like, are are these the new kind of are startups the new money laundering like avenues? Somebody can pump. 39, is this the reason why they don't talk about it? Is that if they can pump 39 million into a company like that and then in two years be like, ah, oh, we spent it all, sorry. Mm. Like, isn't that what he does in the Ozarks, but we're just doing it through startups? Well, yeah, like, where did that... That's what I want to know. Like, where does that 30... So, Nobody says this thing about and, it. And, okay, so this is great. It actually shows... It shows screenshots of their website from 2013 to 2015, and you can see exactly where the 39 million came in <laughs> from like the first version of the website. And then the middle, like, looks like something like, yeah, they hired somebody great on Upwork. And then in 2015, they got dropped their thing, and they were like, all right, vegan tacos for everybody, bitches. They were making it rain everywhere. They they hired some <laughs> fancy agency. They burned through the 39 million. Meanwhile, the people. Uh, one r- round of 25 customer, 25% of customers continues to use the service after one month. 
less than 10% after six months. Jesus. So they just found the person that they like to, like... But and isn't they were like, like, oh, well, why do we need this middleman? And then they then they just cut out the middleman. Well, it's the whole reason with the, the whole... The whole reason about technology, really, is that the more you get accustomed to it, the more you just tune it to how you want it. Mm. Like, they kind of... Startups kind of force an agenda of like, by the you know, we've done this and made it more efficient, and you should come and check it out. And then you check it out and go, yeah, this is efficient, but like, it's only only because now you you've kind of showed your hand skilled of what you me do. on it that yeah. now I can go and do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Or like do it in the version I want to do, or the, at the pricing point I want to pay. Well, that's what I love about blockchains is because it's it's I think it's building in the demand for. Um, for transparency. Well, not yeah. only that, you have to keep your hand in that. You have to keep value in the chain, right? Yeah. You have to keep some steam in that. It's like keeping some money. Because you're a co-op owner. Right, so you have to put some money behind the bar right. for your friend to come in and get a drink or some such and sort of, fl- you, you know, left you a drink on. Right. Um, and so that's the difference is that startup culture is very much like we have an idea it's going to be groundbreaking you know we look right we sound right yada yada we get numbers on board or we go and buy loads of people in china to pretend to press screens all day for engagement Mm -hmm. and we hope we it's all a hope it's all a hope that it's all a fagazi fagazi if it works or not like nobody's got it locked down that it's going to work yeah so that's why I have all these associations. But they, they fail really quick. And in some ways, I wish they'd fail quicker. And I really wish they'd describe... I would love to see a startup like with its grounding from day one with ethics in terms of burn rates. And mm. like literally show me a video every week from your operations manager. Yeah, all right. Keith might be the most boring person on camera and he might not have... So get him some training. Get him some training, yeah. get him on the camera and tell me how Keith has managed to optimize the AWS bill this month. You know, like then Amazon can use that information yeah. and be like, all oh, right, so our prices, you know, we need to have line managers to retain these startups and help these startups grow. You know, like every part of the chain, somebody is having a conversation with somebody that not everybody else knows about in the business. Well, that's, right? Yeah, like that. I think people are, I think there's so much pride in like the whole VC startup world that like people aren't talking and people aren't sharing these stories because they want, they think that that information, if they hoard it, they have an advantage. Pride doesn't Which buy like, you oxygen. Yeah. And like, <laughs> so if you're thinking of starting something, like if I was thinking of starting a, an online, some type of app or some type of startup, like I would head to one of these sites and be like, see if I could find something similar and see how it failed. Mm. Save you a whole lot of time and money and frustration. Or, and, and if you see those things and you know how to solve those pain points, then you can proceed. But like, like this one, for example, do you remember 99 dresses? No. Oh yeah. Is that the one where you could like rent it and send it yeah, back? Yeah. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. it was like Netflix for dresses. Not for that I used it or anything, just I mean, <laughs> that's a different website, <laughs> but 99 dresses, they had like, they had problems that you wouldn't even think they had. Like they, the team had visa issues that got in the way of smooth operations between the US and Australia. I mean, that's like, mm. how could you ever see that coming? Mm. Um, but then they also lost momentum due to, quote, technology issues. So there's competitors who are out there who are doing well now. Somehow they've figured out a way to get around those pain points. So I don't know. I think you can learn from somebody else's somebody else's failure and like think about like okay blab for example that's like the little the video chat like social media site where we met 
you don't ever hear it from those people ever again. Like, what was that guy's, the head guy's name? Brad or Evan or Steven or Keith or... No idea. Ne- Nev or Neve or something. Can't remember. Where the heck is he? What's he doing? Is he flipping burgers or is he now on something else? Like, I want to know, I actually want to know where the CEOs are. Because I think they're able to, like, flip and be like, oh, I'm doing this now. And since they never really were in the forefront of the failure because they shield themselves, then they kind of get these, like, unlimited redos, like these unlimited restarts, which I don't think, uh, not that someone should, like, shoulder all of the burden of that, but I just, I don't know, I just feel like well, I want just... more transparency. And I want to know, oh, that's the guy who was behind this who burned $100,000 in six months. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, in in certain circles, a lot of that is celebrated. So I can't really talk about that because in some circles, that's kind of that's where a lot of the ego, arrogance of the the power power players come from. The the fact that they can say, "Oh, we dropped hundred million, didn't work, no problem." You know, wow. th- these people can just so it's just bragging rights of how fast you can bounce back. I think once you have money, I think it's that's all it is. I mean, I, I do remember a situation when Posterous got bought by Twitter because it was like a micro blog mm. platform and it was really taking off. And I think it was people frustrated with WordPress or they wanted, they, they were confused between like Twitter, which was microblogging of a sort, and then WordPress. And they were like, shit, like, where do mm. I spend my time now? Like, do I spend my time there or there? And Posterous came along and we're like, hey, we've got this way of doing like microblogging. You just send an email. You send an email and to this address and it goes on the, on the blog. And everybody's like, that's really cool. Yeah. And then two years later, they sold out uh, because Twitter basically ate them up. And I get it now, in hindsight, looking back, I get it now, you're not going to turn down Twitter. But at the same time, literally six months after that, one of the guys set up another business, which was kind of like, we promise we'll never, I think it was called Post Haven, actually, the second thing. And I think okay. the guy, I think one of the guys was called Gary Tan, who set that up. And, you know, like I'd spent a year learning the template system layout because I was really interested in making layouts and templates for it. Right. And... And I remember my reaction to it, like, fuck you guys, I'm not going to, like, give you $5 a month to, because you promise on the front page that you won't shut down like the other place. Like, you're having a, a second slice of the cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but at the same time, I also respected it in in a sense of, like, all right, so you weren't happy at selling it and you never really truly delivered on your original intent and, you know, money came up and you, start, you have to make that startup decision of, like, Am I gonna? Am I? You know my. What do you call it? My. Um, what do you call it when a startup? When you're like leaving a startup? I can't think of it now. Exit strategy. Like mm. you, with a startup, you have to have an exit strategy. What What are you building this business for? To make money? To like do this for the next ten years? Are you gonna be a brand that's around for the next twenty five, thirty years? Most of the time, no. Yeah. It's like we've got an idea. We know the big boys. As soon as they're like, "Oh shit, this is a really good idea," are either gonna integrate their own version of it and knock them out of the market, or buy them up. Yeah. So I get that. I get there's a frequency there that you have to, you know, you have to... That seems like the goal a lot of times is just get bought. Like, what can we do to, to be loud enough, noisy enough, pump, 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 like, just push, and then, like, the goal is getting bought up, it feels like, in a lot of in a lot of senses, which that kind of sells, like, the wrong idea to well, a there's community. A dis- there's a disconnect there from the human element of, like, being excited and young and youthful... I guess it's a little bit like life, but like you go in like with all these ideas and like this is going to be amazing. Mm. And 
like you project on how amazing it's going to be I'm going to feel this way I'm going to feel so like fulfilled by what I've achieved and people are going to respect me and yada 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 and then you get to the end of this grind and it's like two guys walk through the door in suits and like we'll give you 100 million you're like fuck it I'm out yeah because right. you're so burnt by that point. Right? So, like, there's a weird dichotomy for that for me in that in terms of what that what that is. Is that a, is that a journey? Mm. Like, what is that? If like you end up with a hundred million and you just set up an Instagram business in Chiang Mai and walk around in sandals all day, like, wh- okay, yeah. well done, you've successfully humaned and done adulting. But unless you're like them reinvesting it into philanthropic things with the right people in power, then we're no better off than we were when you started the fucking business. Right. So why start a business if it's going to be more efficient than other businesses before it, if actually you're selling your identity, your soul, your effort to a bunch of people who just use it for audience development at, yeah. at the end of it, for a, probably a shitty product. Yeah, but then at the same time, like when we watch Shark Tank and somebody's got just like an idea, like it's a sticker for the bottom of your shoe and then a shark is like ridiculous enough to be like, I'll give you $50,000 right now if you walk out of here. And they're like, ah. it's like you're screaming at the TV, take the money, you jerk. Like, well, I'd take 50000 if we, if somebody wants us to shut the podcast down. Like I'll take 50000 for that, especially with the wind today. I mean, this is like the prime podcasting environment right now, isn't it? I feel, I feel like-, like we're in one of those. NASA development centers where they're testing the outside shell of a fucking. I feel like we need. I need to get on. I need to open up a session and start recording some of the steam monsters quips because I feel like it would actually really work if you were like summoning ancient uh, dark <laughs> powers and you had this in the background. It like could actually help for atmosphere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I just thought that was like a cool thing to kind of go through. Not that we had to be. It had to be in detail, but. It is finding negatives out of pos- positives out of negatives of like let if you're interested check out how some of these startups failed and see if you can find any patterns. I would love for somebody intense as like levels.io to make like a mind map web of mm. CEOs of these companies mm. and be like and then he went over here and then he did this and then he went here and like I'm sure it's like the six degrees of Seth- Kevin Bacon which is like everybody's you know everyone in. That's the thing. The thing is, what we just talked about there is exactly what I ended up getting fed up with every year going to South by is that I would bump bump into the next team who wanted to tell me about their geolocation app that was like Foursquare and like this and like that. Yeah. And year on year on year, when you get the same excited group in front of you, like you can tell they've just like come out of school and they've seen all these people who are successful and yeah. they want it. Like, it got to the point where it was like. I don't even know if I've got humans in front of me anymore. It could be like a it's flat like panel. printing them in the back. It could be an LCD flat panel going, hello, <laughs> Phil, we have a new startup. It got to the point where it was like, where are all the humans at? Uh-huh. Like, I, in the end, I just went to South by to get drunk because, like, ideas are great, but yeah. I know in two years' time, you'll be the guy on the dance floor at 7 p.m. at night at the first South by Southwest mixer and nobody will know you because you've got a beard and will have forgotten your startup. So it got to the point where it's like, that's the reason why a lot of people dropped off from going to South Bay is the innovation dropped out of it. Mm. Nobody was innovating. Everybody was copying. Yeah. Everybody was like, my app. Do you know what got innovative? Was the way that they talked about their copied shitty app. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the, the, the idea of the innovation, the, that energy went into 
like how can we get this message to you in like quote unquote quirky ways and we'll the energy print went, it on this type of you know the whatever. energy went in the abstraction of that right yeah. right right instead what, of the actual product itself it was like we'll take all of our creativity and innovation and put it into like some weird guerrilla marketing Banksy-esque you know yeah. so South by like type the amount of, of times, marketing scheme the amount of times I walked to a party about a mile away and got there and was like fuck this like I literally got to the door looked at what they had on display as what they were trying to sell yeah the imagery of that company because that was most of it you know it yeah, like yeah. if if people see us as this kind of lifestyle business you know yeah. y- you literally turn a corner and somebody would have a flat table with like USB stick bottle opener yeah you know and I'd be yeah, like, like the, fuck the this. standard swag like in the end, I got fed up with it because even though I was getting most of the time my tickets paid for like different levels of access to get into various things, after a while I was like, I'm part of the problem. For what? I'm part of the problem. Like a company has sent me to go to capture media about this, but they paid $900 for tables full of junk. Yeah, 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 for plastic. It's like, fuck this. So you can walk home with a bunch of plastic. Yeah, so I mean, maybe this one was a little bit more negative than positive, but. Um, <laughs> Tough. It's been... um, It's what you get. Well, it's what you get when you're just, like, bracing for impact with the... There's a lot of high frequency today. Yeah, but I I think on the whole, on the macro level, everything's going well. Wow, the sun just came out as I said that. It's like, Mm. wow. Uh, I think things are going well. Like, just in general, like, work's coming in. Things are happening. You had an awesome, like... Um, client for making some gift banners and stuff this week mm. so like I, I'm happy with the way things are going I think it's just that time in between the time when you're just grinding and it's like yeah I'd like a good solid eight weeks right now to like really get ahead of everything mm-hmm. um, that's got me thinking about time delegation massively like if we've got steam invested in the system I want that steam to be working for me and I think I, I kind of picked this up from something that Starker said, Oracle D. Even though, like, I'm I'm not into the things that they necessarily do, I do like the idea of getting people to store value inside of something. A, mm. You know, like a thousand people have a share of something in a co-op, and it's like as long as you leave that in this co-op, then you can mm. have me for so many hours a month. I think there's something in time delegation like I will give you X amount of hours 10 hours a month and it's tracked in a similar way with the app on Upwork you know with the little app that runs in the tray bar and these are the skills that I can do like audio editing video editing and as long as you delegate a thousand SP for me for the next four weeks then at any time you can ask me to do any of those things and I'll be on the clock and then we'll agree I don't know how we do it maybe some kind of smart contract steam engine token attached to it but i'd like to see that i think being able to rock up in front of the machine every day and be like oh right i've got five people who want to delegate 5000 sp these are my other projects that i'm working on but not necessarily working on them the biggest problem i think i have as a creative or acknowledging being creative in my you know what depending on way my brain works that Mm. day is that it's very hard to switch from i need to do business and make money to I want to play and make stuff, right? Cool stuff, yeah. So anything that helps with that kind of bridge, if if there's a delegation creativity bridge in there mm. where it's like, don't worry because all your other projects that you're not currently working on, uh, if you do a post on them or if you have somebody who's like making you stuff while you're working and they're getting 
they're getting delegation from you. Right. So, for instance, what I'm getting at is, say I want to spend a month on learning how to do to use a piece of software, right? Right. I want to go deep on, like, some video editing tool. I, I probably delegate all of my SP to other people who could help me achieve those other roles, like right, right. text, video, editing, whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put these out. I'm going to put them in Dropbox. I need you to edit them and put them up because I'm going to be learning this right now. Right. Well, it's kind of like V2 of bartering. Right. Like, and if you had a community of people who everyone was kind of willing to be like, I do graphics, I do video, I do, you know, social media, I do whatever, then if you were all delegating to each other, you could all afford to be using each other's services. It's, like basic, it's like basic income with smart contracts. Yeah, yeah. Or like I, I remember I knew somebody who had health insurance through this like co-op where it was like instead of paying your health insurance bill, everybody paid into a pot and then if you got sick or you needed it, you you put an application in to draw back from that pot. Which right. is like right. people helping people instead of just one insurance company getting rich and then... Which you is know, a bit like you later. which is a bit like the stuff they're trying to make with this DAO and like blockchain's building all these little yeah. bits and pieces that you can kind of I want such and such money. The only problem with that is it feels very much like the problem for me personally, my choice, is that I haven't got time to entertain the the mental dexterity that needs to go in that to constantly have the back and forth with loads of people who have different viewpoints on how things should be. Right, I want right. the ledger. I want the ledger. The the algorithm not to decide my identity and education level. I just need it to be like, right. you've been around for a period of time, you never missed on a payment, yeah, you, right. put the, you put the delegation in, like you're putting it into these communities, and then build a ranking system around that. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in uh, DTube, I support that. I'm on Twitter, I support that. I did a tweet, da-da-da. I want all that data aggregated mm. and scored, like a point score. Yeah, yeah, well, like you, a credit score. Exactly. So why can't you have a like media score? a social score? credit yeah, score. Yeah, social credit score, and a bit like we used to have with um, cred. Credit was terrible, but oh, like... Oh, what was the other one? Um, well, now that YouTubers use um, Social Blade, but there's another... There was that... Remember know. that app that gave you a score? You, I, thought, you, I thought it was Credit. It was the orange orange logo, no? No, it started with an F. It was like your... It was like know. your fame or whatever. Smart, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 it was like whatever your... It was more based on your influence and your reach, but, but so, same, yeah. But something like that, I think, for, for certain services to then make a assertion from that and the more data sets we have like that the more it can make a decision gotta be careful with that stuff obviously because you know it might be weighted in some way but i think if you're in different parts of the chain in different communities at some point they're going to need that yeah to make a decision like oh phil hasn't put many hours into this this month he must be working you know he's he's signified here that he's spending a month doing this or yeah. he's ill or he's got mental health issues or he's got xyz um, but he has 10,000 delegated power into these projects and right. they're helping him do this right now. Well, and it also, it also solves the problem of like, because blockchains are inherently anonymous and trustless, it solves the problem of people just spill it, spinning up a million alt accounts and doing whatever the heck they want. And, and you know what I mean? Like, because you, you actually have to have a legacy that's trackable. Um, in order to oh, participate I, on certain levels. I don't know, do if you know it what I, mean? I don't know if it fixes it because you're always going to have like the 20 something kids who like are good at maths and think they're like godlike because they just, you know, they just get off on like. They just use that as ammunition 
um, for all the other areas in their life they don't necessarily live up to. Sure. So they'll wow. game they'll ga- they'll game it in some fucking way. Well, yeah, like, it's but a game to them. Yeah. It's a game. So like, whenever you put data in it and you're using that data as a metric of like point scoring for something, somebody wants to game it. It's like drug sure. wars. Somebody span up thousands of accounts on drug wars, invested a small amount, and they're taking small amounts of steam, but from thousands of accounts. Right. So like somebody somewhere will just do it because they can do it. Right. But the rep, like, if you want to use the blockchain as another example, the rep system is like... Broken. Okay. It's broken. It's broken. I mean, the rep system... It's not the example I was going to use, but it doesn't matter because what time are we at? That's fine. It's broken. It's broken. It's, okay. it, it's it's how many it's how many interactions you've done in the web and how long you've been around. That's not enough. I, I agree, but you can't you can't. How can you game that with a, with alt accounts? You can't because every alt account starts at I mean, zero can, or twenty. Yeah, or whatever but you can have, Yeah, but if you get involved with a DAP, like we're involved with a DAP, right? And uh, I comment just purely from a mob perspective on Steam Hunt. Mm-hmm. My comment gets upvoted. Sure, that, that's part of the reputation like I'm interacting right as in far time. as I, no but as far as the steam blockchain is concerned all I'm doing is is creating an action it thinks we're we're assuming that it's smart because it's like the way part of the rep works it's like you you must have a higher rep because you're interacting in comments in a chat but I'm not interacting I'm just posting your your copy paste your thing was okay right so so in a way people look in and they're like oh did you buy your rep well, no, I took part in a DAP. I'm a mod, and then you have to explain that every day. The, the the amount of comments that I'm doing is because I'm validating. I'm doing a validation process. Right. So in that sense, I feel like the rep is broken because that looks like you're gaming. It looks like I've gamed my rep. Right, but not though because you're performing a service. But what I'm consistently saying consistently, and sure, you're spending time. Sure, but the the score, the rep score on Steam, isn't a good indication of that. So I, what do you suggest? Because it can be gamed. So what do you suggest in its place? Um, multiple uh, multiple analytics across different dApps for different, for time interaction, for literally time interaction uh, with something, not just com- based on comments. Um, legacy in terms of how long you've been around, how many posts you did to a certain dApp over a period of time. So maybe mm-hmm. I did 20 posts on DTube this month. You know, like... It, it, we, we don't just have... Of course, we do have just a big stream of content, a fire hose of, of uh, a ledger, right? Right. It's all just going to a ledger. But now what we have is communities with inside of that. Right. So I think every single one of those communities could build some kind of analytics. Somebody's always going to game it, but we can get, get it a little bit closer, more granular. Well, and people are always going to... I like, like the rep to go up and down. Well, people are always going to focus on and highlight in their version of the algorithm the things that that are important to them if you Meaning like not your, necessarily your, if you, not, not necessarily if you set up some consortium or some group and share good oof, that's the last thing we need is no that's alliance. what they're doing now that's what they're doing now is like they're trying to share best practice right I, at least that's my hope with these things that six or seven blokes get together with separate companies and like we did this and this worked and it's a good thing like I'm hoping mm-hmm. that they don't just do sheep culture and be like, yeah, do that because it makes us all money. Yeah. Um, but again, that's what I'm. That's what gets me most interested about blockchains when it becomes working with a side chain is that then you're talking to other different chains who have different communities completely. Right. You know, like a homesteader chain versus Steam with all of its flaws versus EOS versus Tron versus they all come with different agendas. 
Sure. So from an AI perspective, like writing the ultimate series or sets of algorithms, which fine tune it, not just from a mathematical point of view, but from sentiment analysis, from um, game theory, from like just sheer, you know, legacy on the time on the system, like how much you were involved with something, uh, feedback, comments, like just the ultimate algorithm will be one that takes into as many data sets as possible. Sure. You know, like how many times have we been surprised by an app that did a thing in a certain way? I remember the first time when I opened Path and instead of it having a slide out menu, it just had a plus button. You hit that and it popped out with five menu items. It's like, oh, I can do everything from my thumb. Yeah. I felt that was super innovative because somebody had taken what was kind of a, a simple linear thing of a menu and turned it into a real world time saver. Right. So I think anything that it's the reason why insurance companies have done so well over the years is that they can granularly be like, you drive a Kia, you're this age, you do this kind of job, therefore your bill's going to be this because there's this amount of chance that this is going to happen to you in the real world. Right. So the aim would be to translate in that into act, measurable actions that you've done on and across the chain. Yeah. Because the people aren't going to want to give up their anonymity by verifying those other things, right? Your name, your where you're from, what, how much money you make a could year, be on, whatever. Could be on a different chain, yeah, exactly, um, yeah. But I think... Those things haven't served us anyway, have they? Let's be honest. Having, absolutely not. With all the systems out there that have all that stuff, like, they're just leaked anyway. Mm. And being used against us rather than for we us. May, maybe we need to look more into and learn more about what actually goes into a rep score because I know comments... I know the things that quote-unquote affect it, but I don't know yes. what those actual items uh, items are that are the. It'll be in the white paper, but it'll be maths, right? That's that's my point. Is that we haven't we haven't escalated that to be way past the the notion of just pure maths, right? In terms of if this equals this and minus and divide plus right, whatever. Right, because who's to say that this real world action equals a plus five or right, whatever? Right, exactly. That is. Right, so yeah. it's always going to be flawed in some way. Yeah, yeah. But for I feel sure. I feel like something that in the same way like a virus scanner works where it's heuristic right mm -hmm. so heuristic means that it looks for certain pointers in the data and, and goes uh, a virus like that used to look like this so it could be right. that virus so you want something that's like an evolving algorithm over time and the only way that's going to work is having multiple data sets from different people's backgrounds so mm -hmm. like the 20 year old super phenom scientist and the 17 year old female activist you know like in a way mm. <coughs> all of us putting things onto the blockchain are co content in our own way from our own journey are part of that algorithm but Very, we just yeah. but we just don't have it on the other side where we don't have i, I think crimi talks about the this len lens of something right, right. that's formed we right. just have the raw data it's right right raw. and i think that's why crimi always bangs on about the washington bang on about it but like she always says about the front end like if she could do xyz i would love to be able to wake up on a sunday morning and being in a certain mood and chill, you know, want to have a chill day and be able to have sliders to say the content I want to see in my f feed right now is mellow photos, video, more like mood based. Yeah, like and That's the, nice. the only way you're going to get that kind of data is by lots of lots of places on the chain that you you frequent 
deciding what those moods are exactly. instead of people just saying yeah. hashtag blessed. Yeah. Because we, we will learn that if you <laughs> are on blessed. if you're on the Stay strong. If you're on the hashtag steam it, you all you have to use is hashtag introduce yourself and yeah. you'll instantly get upvotes even if you've been on the chain for three years. Yeah, exactly. Um, introduce yourself again. It's Tuesday. Introduce yourself Hi, again. Hi, it's me again. All right, we're going to finish up now because, uh, well, it's 60 minutes. We were, like, gassing for 60 minutes. I wanted wow. to talk about time delegation, so that kind of covered it. Um, thanks for joining us today. It is now quarter to one. We're both hungry. I'm going to make some breads, and then in about two hours, we're going to take a walk, I we guess. We need tzatziki. We need tzatziki. Yeah, we I'm can make tzatziki. And I it. bought an apple the other day, and I'm happy about it because I forgot about it, and now I remembered it. Wow. Okay. Bye. See you guys. You can support the show by heading to anchor.fm slash positive and clicking the support this podcast button or by checking out any of this week's sponsors. Subscribe to Positively Negative wherever you listen to podcasts and you can hang out with us on Discord by visiting smarturl.it forward slash talkback. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Yay. Bye.